This is the Cinepunks Podcast Collective. My name's Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 181 of Cinepunks. Spooky Punks! Spooky Punks! Spooky Punks! It's Halloween. It's so close to Halloween. It's Filipino Heritage Month. We get candy at the end. Holla at boy. Best time of the year. We are we are back. Uh, here's what it is, guys. We had a lot of life stuff, and then we have uh, a guest we really want to have on, and they kept having conflicts, and then I had conflicts, and then finally we were like, "This sucks. We need to just move on." And so <laughs> we're we're still gonna have them on. They're pretty great, but like it was just like, "Hey, we haven't recorded in a while," and it was hard for us to notice because um, Josh's life has been chaotic good as well but chaotic my life has been chaotic with good and bad and suddenly we were like fuck we need to record an episode here it's it's fucking cineween i've been posting shit i wrote some stuff a lot of our friends wrote stuff for the site a lot of the podcasts on the network have been doing spooky episodes and like here's the thing i mean i don't say this a lot josh but we are kind of the leaders of the pack you know what i mean like yeah we're the flagship show and if we're not doing something in October, we're kind of dropping the fucking ball yeah. over here. Then is anyone doing something, you know? I mean, I know they are, but, like, we kind of got to, you know, step up to the plate, so to speak. Even right. though, you know, this has been such a shitty month that if we hadn't recorded at all and if we didn't have a whole network of people, I'd be like, eh, it's fine, whatever. Just because yeah, we've been dealing with a lot of shit, you know? Yeah, it's a lot of life stuff going on. But thankfully, this is also a rescheduled episode with our friend and guest for today, Mr. Michael Gugino. Hello, sir. Hello. Mike, How are it's, you? It's good to like virtually meet you. Um, uh, the, you are someone that Josh has mentioned before, but I've never met. So uh, in my head, I just see you as a ray of sunshine. I hope that's okay. <laughs> Why, thank you. I, I, that's uh, quite a welcome. For the record, it's probably a very distinct possibility that you have met in the past, given you that. You say this about every <laughs> guest. Whenever we have a guest that Josh knows and I don't, he's sure that I know them. He'll be like, no, you know, the, the worst is when you refer to someone, Josh, by their first name. Like I'm supposed to, like, you know, very recently we had a good friend of yours who's now I consider a good friend uh, who, who plays drums in the Gaslight Anthem, right? Yeah. And when you brought this person up to me, you really said it like, someone that we had coffee with yesterday even though i live in chicago now you know what i mean like i had no idea who you were talking about well i'm saying though mike came up in the south jersey hardcore scene as well mm-hmm. and, and mike what year did you graduate from bishop eustace i graduated oh, in eustace. uh 1996 uh decades before zach gallon uh, there you go graduated mm-hmm. see that so liam graduated high school in 96 right liam 97 Oh, Colling- so close. Collingswood High School, 97. Here's the nice. thing, Mike. How many times did you see The Real Deal or Burnside? <laughs> uh, actually, or not that much. Or Fat Nuts. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> just, I saw just talking about, a lot. Just talking about a lot of the shows that I was at. You know, a lot of... <laughs> A lot of weird coffee shops in the middle of nowhere, South Jersey, with a then unknown oh, town concrete. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did go to Down to mm-hmm. Earth, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could talk about South Jersey hardcore for uh, a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Who was at the Corner Kick show that turned into a riot? Was that in at Voorhees? CER Hall in Voorhees. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. That was with Burnside. Yep. Good times, good yeah. times. One Corner show kick. I regret that uh, the one show I regret that I was not at was the show where I believe was it the Ink and Dagger guy? It was like Sean McCabe and them poured um, 
yogurt. They were wearing fur coats and they poured yeah. yogurt on Earth Crisis in the middle of their set and a riot uh-huh. broke out. That was I was at that show and that was uh, the you reversal were? of man's guys. Yeah, because that's why oh, reversal wow. of man wrote that song called get the kid with the sideburns, because that was what the <laughs> Earth Crisis fellows yeah. were saying after the oh, incident. Oh, my God. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That was in, it was in New Jersey, somewhere like North Jersey. I think like it was Chatham. in Monmouth. Monmouth, yeah, that's right. I distinctly my, remembering my parents not letting me go to that show. <laughs> I was already <laughs> up there with Jeff Kelly, so, you know. It oh, was amazing. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mike, how do I know you even? Like, I feel like I met you a billion years ago when we were in high school together. I want to say either through... Kevin Hilliard or Richie Rojas, maybe one of those That's possible. Cherry Hill or, people. I think maybe it was Kevin Hilliard and Dave Adoff. Like we hung out and played guitar yeah. and like listened to Black Train Jack or something like this in like high school. Does that it, sound probably familiar at to Kevin's you? house? Yeah, that sounds about right. And so, Kevin yeah. was like trying to start a band with me, I think. It was like because because I met him and I met like Joe Vanneman and Josh Carr all oh, yeah, kind of at hey. the same time. And they, I was like trying to start bands with all of them and just like could not like, you know, you're in high school. It's like, I didn't have a car. I didn't have like a guitar amp. I was like, they were like, you could be the singer. I'm like, what? Sure. (laughs) And then that was like, and then after high school was this radiant boy era, right? Like that was. Yeah. Like like early two thousands, like around then maybe or earlier than that. I started this radiant boy in, I think, think like 96 or 97 right um i was in a band actually with steve paponi and do you know phil apostle maybe no. as well so then you know steve though paponi if i, I um, don't recall <laughs> he's one of the owners of gradwell house uh oh. recording studio out and calling vince ready audubon yeah, yeah so go. um that i was like in a band with a bunch of those people and that broke up and i started this radiant boy in about 96 and 97 but i didn't meet like bucky and dan until like 98 or 99 mm. and so that that band was together for a long time but it was mostly like me bucky and dan was like the real kind of lineup of it the nitty gritty of it yeah that was the lineup that lasted the longest well i'm glad uh, that i saw boys I'm glad that I've stayed friends with you this long mike like you've always been like super kind to me every time even though we haven't spent that much time together Every time I see you, it's always awesome, you know, and then just like space merchant stuff and just trying to like get you guys on shows and stuff in Philly. It's always been cool. So, oh, yeah. Likewise, you, uh, you know, you always have a big smile on your face. <laughs> always fun to talk to and reminisce. Like, I yeah, think we man. have a lot of like common touchstones in our life. So it's always like fun to like meet up and, you know, uh, I think reminisce and talk about music funniest- and stuff. The funniest bit was when I saw you at Katz's and I was like, I think that guy oh, is yeah. Mike. <laughs> like, you just we were, shouted. You're like, Mike. <laughs> we were we were at a New York Film Archive watching all those silent movies that um, Sacred oh, wow. Bones was screening about the devil. So it was just oh, like amazing. sitting in complete silence watching <laughs> the movies about the devil. And Veilani was like, we should get corned beef sandwiches at Katz's. <laughs> and then we did. And out of nowhere, Mike oh, yeah. Gino's there with a, with a child. I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I'm, was... I, like, don't hang out anymore. I'm, like, no fun. Uh, I have, like, two kids now, so I never, I never like, go out or do anything. Are you telling me <laughs> Sacred Bones did that screening but didn't plan any music for it? No, Yeah, that was, is odd. 
they presented it and then it was just quiet and it was like in the winter. So everyone was like <laughs> sniffling and all this. It was dope though. I mean, it was super fun, but it I'm, was, that feels like a missed opportunity to me. There's gotta be somebody that's weird on that. That's a deep roster of weirdos that yeah. at least someone could have made some weird music for that. I just feel like that could be cool. Am I crazy? I just feel like that no. would be cool to have some sort of like, I don't know, a noise core soundtrack or some shit. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah not know, the case. Some like, some like somebody from Bushwick with like a pump organ or something. <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. Bunch of circuit boards. I get it. I get it. But yeah, not what happened, turns out. Well, but. we didn't just have Mike on for you to confess your love to him, though I am glad that that is part of it. But what what is our subject today? What are we talking about? Yeah, Mike, what are we talking about, sir? Well, I believe you had me on because I work on a certain uh, show that is on uh, Discovery Channel called Ghost Adventures. <laughs> uh, I am the sound. I do sound for that show and I've done sound for that show since 2015. It's been a huge chunk of my life for a long time now. Uh, I don't travel with them as much now, but uh, I, I am the sound supervisor still mm. of the show. So. All the audio that you hear, that is like my equipment. It's either me mixing or uh, somebody I hire. Um, but yeah, I've worked on that show for a very long time, and I've had lots of ghost adventures. <laughs> that sounds very I am spooky. so excited right now. You have no idea. How did that? I mean, I don't even remember how it came up that you're like, yeah, I'm the, the sound guy for ghost adventures. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want me to tell you how I got on the show? Like, like well, that story is actually kind of funny. We're going to save it for we'll the save that for the meat, for the meat of the episode. Oh, but we are going to be we're talking still about in the bread. And, part. And me, I know exactly. <laughs> and me and me and Josh watched some we watched an, what is an episode, but it was a special episode that was basically in the version we watched. It was like, I think it was normally a two hour episode, but they yeah. had cut out the commercials and what we watched. So it was like, how long was it, Josh? Like an hour, it was 20? An hour and 34 hour or something 34. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so oh, like the we, Angel Island one. Yeah. yeah or, uh, it's a, or it's called Devil Island. Yeah, they call it yes. Devil Island for the for this for the episode. And I don't know about you, Josh, but this was actually my first exposure to ghost adventures, which I feel like <laughs> is really throwing us into the deep end on what is uh, uh, an established format, an established vibe. Like it it feels like a whole culture of uh what what they do on that show and so like we're gonna need some some discussion time with you mike to understand yeah ghost adventures and also just to hear about how spooky it is i just want to hear i have so many questions i'm sure so (laughs) so many questions before i I mean i can definitely unpack it's it's a show that's been on since 2000 i want to say seven or eight so this is uh, the the seasons are weirdly numbered, but there's been twenty something seasons. Uh, you know, I think we're in um, season twenty six or something. Like yeah. depends on what country you're you're in as to what season it is. But there's been over twenty seasons. Uh, um, getting renewed. The it, it's like always like very highly rated. The top rated shows on the network. Um, the fans are incredibly loyal. Like it really runs the gamut. Like I read the Reddit boards all the time. So the fans are either all in, love it, uh, you know, we love, like, worship Zach, he's so hot, uh, to, like, um, to, like, we hate this, it's not what it used to be, but we're still, like, hate watching it, hoping that <laughs> it will be good again, you know? Oh, man. I love it's that. so love good. It. So okay. good. Before we jump into all of that uh, conversation, 
Uh, we do want to thank a few people. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to thank our friends over at Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. Um, you know, we love Chris Reject on this podcast. And uh, we also love the people who, um, though we love him, suffer under his tutelage uh, as his employees. <laughs> uh, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations does uh, professional work, but are easy to talk to, uh, fun to work with, just have that personable punk rock feel while giving you printing that you swear was done by super talented robots somewhere or something. I don't know. <laughs> Some shit like that. Some shit like that. <laughs> uh, XLVACX.com. You know, contact them with your ideas. Let's see if they can uh, make for you some sort of merch for your D&D collective, your tabletop gaming why am i saying all nerdy things i don't know your bowling uh, team yeah your fight club yeah yeah that's yeah. a band right? yeah. come on that or a band maybe <laughs> well okay you know? mike band is the obvious one we were not going obvious first uh and side note actually um w- while you're contacting L- uh, xlvacx.com you could also check out uh chris's uh, bootleg company, which is what again, Josh? I always forget the name of it. It's called Dry Rot. Dry two T's. Rot. Yeah. Two T's. They do a so lot dope. of great shirts over there. Check it out. A lot of eye catches on there. Yeah. Just uh, saying. Of course, Josh, who else do we want to thank? We want to thank our friend Aaron Dahlbeck at Essex Coffee Roasters. If you want some quality coffee that destigmatizes the bourgeois aspect of quality coffee, mm-hmm. you can talk to our man Aaron. At EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, if you put the word C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X Cinepunks at checkout in your coupon code, you'll get 10% off of your entire order. But really, you'll be letting Aaron know that we're actually pretty cool, too. Yeah, that's the that's the main goal there. Yes, I want <laughs> you to get the discount, but also make us seem cool, please. Yeah, please, um, please. Of course, we're going to thank our buddy Sharky, who edits and, and uh, uh, sound mixes this stuff. He's been doing a lot of fun projects over at Mechanical Shark Media, uh, uh, their website, mechanicalsharkmedia.com, but also social media. Uh, check them out. And I always like to give myself a little plug here. Roughcutfanclub.com. We make shirts. We just made some cool shirts. We're going to make some more cool shirts. Uh, Josh is very excited about our uh, Halloween three long sleeve. What? Yes. yes. As well as you you know what people love the most of that drop, Josh, was the was the great pumpkin Halloween three mashup shirt that did the best people. Pretty genius. People love people love uh, whatever mashup culture, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't always love it, but in this case, I thought it was very, very good. So yeah, this is I'm almost as good as your Garfield Demons mashup that says, uh, I uh, hate Mondays, but I lust for flesh. <laughs> it's to be, so good. To be fair, that was also a random one that we had not planned, but it just kind of happened. And then it's we were like, fucking yeah, genius. Let's try it. Yeah. God like, damn it. Like anyway, it. I wear that thing out and I will talk to at least one nerdy dude with glasses. Guaranteed. <laughs> at least. It's a good time. I, I feel bad sometimes how often I talk to people who think it's just a regular Garfield shirt and then they read it and then they're very bummed out, but like, <laughs> oh, well, so be it. It's okay. <laughs> uh, okay. That's all the thank yous. Uh, now we have a segment. Oh, fuck. Mike, you've listened to the show, right? You, you said you've, you've, you've had yes. a couple smatterings of episodes here and there. Do you know the segment yeah. that happens right now? Yeah. What do we do right now? There's like a thing. We've done it 180 times. Uh, it's called something. Fuck. It's got a good name. Uh, I know that. It's called Whack It On Track. Yeah. 
I feel so bad for Sharky trying to make yes, this I not sound like a nightmare. I know it's true. One Poor one Sharky. time, one time before we were on this mic, one time mm. we were on a recorder and Josh yelled so loud in the mic that it like shut down the whole uh-huh. recording, and I had to start over. There was a That's there impressive. was a time, Mike, where I used to celebrate Matthew McConaughey, where I wasn't able to say his name without screaming it, <laughs> and I, I like believe that. that was how I shut down a microphone with my with the force of my vocal love. You know what I'm saying? So, Mike, well, you do have a powerful voice. It's true. It's one that. of the things that people comment on. But um, <laughs> you have the choice to either go first, middle, or last in our segment known as Whacking on Track. How do you choose? Um. So I can choose of the three positions. Maybe I'll go yeah. in the middle. All right. All right. Okay. Sounds okay. good. Okay. Would you like me to go first, Josh? If you'd like, Liam. I mean, you can go first, buddy. I'm all for it. You tell right. me. Here we go. Joey's been busy, y'all. Joey's been mad busy is the thing. It is now currently the Philadelphia Film Festival. Are you guys aware of this? I am. So I was not. <laughs> in the last three days, I've sat through 10 movies. And maybe I don't like movies anymore is the thing. Um, <laughs> one of the first movies that I saw was a movie called, um, well, it was about, it's a documentary by HBO films about um, a high school in Mount Airy, <laughs> like right around the way. And um, it was called stand up and shout. Hold on. Let me, let me get the full name. Cause the full name is uh, it, it's like a multi stand up and shout songs from a Philly high school. And this movie is, it's an hour long, hour long documentary. Basically what happened was a bunch of kids in this Mount Airy high school, like they had a teacher that's like, they want to do a project where they all write original songs and then record them like in a studio to this, like the standards by which like music is recorded and such. So it was pretty cool. You know, it was a bunch of like young kids, like just kind of feeling their way and making songs that they sound good in and like that they can feel proud about that they've written themselves. But the thing is, gentlemen, this movie was produced by Mr. John Legend, who, if you think you're prepared to walk into a theater and see John Legend just standing there, I can tell you right now, you're not ready. That's a handsome man right there, man. And I walked in. I had no idea what was going on. I just got out of work. So, of course. Your boy is a little stressed, but then I was like, oh, hey, it's John Legend. He's just standing there being John Legend and stuff. And there's like all these people dressed up. But the cool thing about the screening was all the high school students that were in the movie came to the screening and were dressed like it was a prom and it made for a rollicking good time. Did I use the word rollicking? Yes, I did. And I used it correctly because that's what it was. Everybody was cheering. People were cheering when they saw themselves on the screen. And it just made everybody feel like, wow, this is like an inclusive celebratory thing. And John Legend is here. (laughs) Super (laughs) awesome. And then I followed that movie up with a movie called Dream Scenario. Do you guys know about this movie? Hmm. The name sounds familiar, but I don't think I know what it is. Oh, it's the new Nicolas Cage movie. Oh, yes. I do know what this is. Oh, yeah. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus. That was a weird one. Just saying. Basically, Nicolas Cage plays a professor at a college. He's trying to get a book published and all that. And suddenly, everybody just starts dreaming about him. Not like my normal dreaming about Nicolas Cage. Like, dreaming about Nicolas Cage as a professor who has, like, the bozo, like, balding, like, male pattern baldness, John. You know what I mean? And it's funny because, like, in the initial part of the movie, he's just walking through people's dreams. 
they're having these dreams that are like, you know, floating in the air and like, you know, just all these like phantasmagorical things. And then here comes Nicolas Cage just raking leaves and just walking through, not saying anything. it's so funny. It's such a weird movie, but it's super, super good. Um, well, maybe not super, super good. Just one super. But, is it um, horror or comedy? It's It builds itself as a comedy, but it is the most uncomfortable thing that might as well have been a horror. <laughs> so, you know, I was kind of into it. It was really, really fun. But um, yeah. Oh, so far of the movies that I've seen at Film Fest, um, one of my favorites was a movie called Late Night with the Devil. Are mm. you guys aware of this movie? No. no. So this is a movie that um, it stars that one weird goth guy that's in all like the talking head movies. You know the one. He's uh he's got his name is um David Dasmalchian. Oh yes, I <laughs> totally know who you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. He plays a talk show on this 1970s like Johnny Carson kind of show called The Night Owls. And um, they're basically like floundering. Like he has a loss. He loses his wife. And like the ratings are going down and Johnny Carson's just killing him. So then they're like having this last ditch effort where they try to like contact a spirit on like live television and then things go awry. And um, the way that we heard about this movie is that Scully was like, dude, I saw it at fantastic fest and it killed. You guys got to make special like attention to get there. And so we did. And lo and behold, that shit was really a good time and it was really fucked up and super fun. I love that. So, yeah, but um, yeah, no, good. it's super great. Like it's all told through the perspective of the studio cameras and there's like a skeptic in there, you know, and oh, and then I also saw the new Alexander Payne movie, The Holdovers, starring Paul Giamatti. Um, are you guys fans of Alexander Payne? Uh, I'm kind of skeptical, actually. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty much a fan. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't like the movie where What's Her Name was pretending to be Hawaiian. Oh, was oh that, that was not a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That's was that him? Emma Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, okay, well, maybe not so much that one, but um, <laughs> Holdovers, <laughs> Sideways, good times, you know what I'm saying? Like, Paul sure, Giamatti, sure, sure, big sure, fan. Sure. Um, this movie delivers on on all the things that I think make Paul Giamatti a compelling performer, that, like, it's heartfelt, but it's still cantankerous. It, it reminded me of uh, his portrayal of Harvey Picar in American Splendor. Like, he's a grumpy teacher that he's in a boarding school. And uh, what happens is, like, some of the kids don't, like, get in touch with their parents. So they have to stay in the school for two weeks during the winter break. And Paul Giamatti is the unwilling guardian. And um, it's it's pretty compelling. I found it to be very emotional and very resonant. And, um, you know, it deals with the themes of belonging and of purpose. And it's super well. I thought it was very well written. And then I also saw another movie called I Used to Be Funny, starring uh, Rachel Senat, who was the star of Shiva Baby and who was also in um, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This movie was funny, but there's a lot of, like, themes in it that are very uncomfortable. But overall, I definitely thought it was a very compelling movie and would advise it for people. Content warning, there's uh, rape stuff to the story, which if that's a trigger for you, then, you know, just know going in that that's part of the story. They don't show anything explicit, thankfully, but it's fucked up and brutal. But um, overall, it's uh, it's it's a very interesting um, just love letter to survival. Yeah, to survival and to re- reclamation of who you are before trauma and stuff like this. It's it's a pretty good movie. And I think that she's an awesome actor that Rachel Senat. She's really good. Yeah. So you loved Shiva Baby, didn't you? Love Shiva Baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I also mostly like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it very much. I thought that was good. I bought a t-shirt. It's cool. Yeah. So yeah, so that's what I got. Okay, that's a lot of stuff. Mike, how about you? Nice. So so wait, do I have to do I just do as many as I want kind of? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to do everything or <laughs> you know, just whatever you want to talk about. Okay. Oh, uh, cuz I do have some that I do want to talk about. Uh the most recent movie that I rewatched uh, after listening to a podcast about it was Zodiac by David Fincher. Oh, wow. Um, and it's a perfect movie. There's not much really I can say about it. Like you, uh, I, I remember I'd seen it years ago and liked it, but I haven't like really like dug into it. And uh, I took some time to like really watch it uh, carefully. And I realized like what makes it so good is it's a movie that's sort of billed as a thriller but really it's like a procedural, like all the president's men. And it just like leads you down this frustrating road to just ambivalence. And, you know, you get to the point where you, there's no way to know who the Zodiac killer is or whether he even committed all the murders and you're just sort of like left where you started. And I, I just love that. Um, like the sense of un, unsatisfaction at the end of that movie. Uh, and plus, Robert Downey Jr. is so wonderful in that movie. I've actually never seen that movie. I love oh, it. you have it's to so see it. Good, yeah, yeah. It's a perfect movie. If I if I if I had to like name perfect movies, um, it's like Fincher at his best. It's like the hundred take David Fincher, where he is mm. like making these incredible actors just like do take after take, and then just like getting it right after a while and it's just like it's all on the screen it looks amazing it's you know a period piece set in like 60s and 70s san francisco um and i just like love it that it's just like a it's like a character study but it's just about this um, like incredible story that just like leaves you totally confused at the end of it um so yeah so i recently watched that um i recently do want to give a shout out to fast x i finally got to sit down and watch that Uh, i'm a i'm a huge uh so so like the fast series is like my marvel universe Uh um it's it's simple you know they're superheroes but they're not um it's just all about how they can get a car anywhere um Mm -hmm. jason momoa plays the villain in this and he is just he gets it. Uh, he, he just chews Dude. up the scenery in every scene. Um, so there good. is a <laughs> just like have you gender seen fluid. Aqua. Do I oh, have so a Fast and the Furious tattoo, Mike? Yes, you I do? do, sir. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I have the word friends, and it's crossed out, and underneath it, I have the <laughs> word family. I love that family. Uh huh. That's right. And you can so, join my fan club, the Sons of Vin <laughs> and the Daughters of Diesel. Go on, Mike. Sorry. I will. I, I will join it. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, so there is a scene in this in this movie which sort of takes the cake, which is he is Jason Momoa is the villain. And, it, you know, it's one of these sort of like interstitial scenes where he's like, you know, on the phone setting up some sort of like a terrible thing to happen. <laughs> but he's having margaritas with two corpses. Of, and their, their eyes are taped and everything. <laughs> they're taped open. He, they have drinks as well and he's drinking like a blue margarita or something and it's he's just like joking with them and 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 <sighs> being hilarious um and and to me that's was like because uh, i'm always watch these movies where i'm like ready for it mean like not to enjoy them you know <laughs> where i'm just like okay they finally did it i'm finally this finally sucks but it like 
never does. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm right just there with you, man. All in the whole time. Uh, <laughs> Dude, uh, the best line in that movie is that you made one mistake. You let me keep my car. Come yes. on. What? Who wrote that? Genius is so who wrote good. that. So good. Oh, uh, man, you know what? Uh, piggybacking on that, I did just watch Fast uh, Furious 7. No, no, no. Mm. Yeah, Furious 7, where they're crashing out of the the towers in dubai yeah, in dubai mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah 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 so that is paul walker's last movie and i will be hard pressed if i don't cry every time i see the last scene of that movie because it's uh it's if so you haven't creepy. seen it yeah. if you haven't seen it it's like they're all sitting on the beach watching you know the character Paul Walker's character Brian play with his children, with uh, Jordana Brewster, and they're all like lamenting like he is dead, but he is not dead in the movie. He is just like quitting the gang to raise his family, but they're all there just like pouring out like dr- have a drink to Brian for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very hey, confusing because you know he's dead in real life, but he's not dead in the movie. Dude, that so, they use his brother to do the CG face bit at the end. Oh what? God. Yeah. And then, and then it's like, they're playing, it's like some, you know, heartfelt, whatever, reggaeton song (laughs) and he, and Vin's driving. And then he just pulled like Paul Walker pulls up next to Vin and he gives him like that, that look and I'm done. I'm, I'm dead. Mm. I'm like crying. Brutal. Yeah. Uh, I get it, man. um, (laughs) So actually, uh, the, the last movie I want to talk about, um, I've been watching a lot of criterion, uh, the criteria. Oh, I'm sorry. App. I passed out. Were you guys still talking about the Fast and Furious movies? <laughs> oh, I missed that part. Okay, sorry. thank God. All right, good. Did you guys mention all the teenagers that Paul Walker dated? No. Okay, move on. Liam is not what a about fan all of the, the great franchise. white sharks that he dated. <laughs> I, all I'm saying I was is, saying that guy did so much dangerous shit. Like, like he like swam with great white sharks and like drove fast cars. It's like I don't know, kind of not a surprise. Like he di- like died young and untimely, but it's like I don't know, still tragic. Still gets me. I don't know. <laughs> he did date teenagers, so I guess what I don't know. We're not gonna get into that. We're just gonna gloss <laughs> over that right now. I just this is just a <sighs> big thing with me and Josh because on one hand, mm-hmm. I like the ones that I like, but I think I only like. F- three or four of the 10 movies. So it's hard because I do like those movies, but Josh likes all the movies and I, yeah. I just don't understand. I can't understand that. I do think it's funny that the word on the curb was that uh, everybody hates each other by fast X, which is why there are no of scenes course. of Vin oh, Diesel yeah. with everybody. <laughs> Josh, I, uh, I know you like, like they're to just pretend. not in the same room ever. <laughs> I know you like to pretend that you idolize him, but real talk, I think you could put up with Vin Diesel for five minutes before you'd be done. I've watched his commercial for the shark toys <laughs> oh, a thousand God. times. Yeah, uh-huh. that's right. I'll watch it again, too. As soon as we're done recording, Liam, that's what I'm watching. Mike, that's what, what were you going to say? You were talking about Criterion, something a little more <laughs> a little more up my alley. Let's say that. You know. Yeah, I was like trying to bring it back here. Yeah, let's guys. do that. Let's do that. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> to something more, uh, you know, more, more artsy. Thinking. Go but on. actually, the movie I'm going to talk about is is not it's not artsy at all uh so they have a collection on there and of uh, uh, 70s car chase movies oh, which kind of sure. segues yeah. perfectly Dude, so good. uh and a bunch of them are pretty incredible and I, I think my favorite is the original gone in 60 seconds Do mm, you yeah. know about this movie have you heard anything 
I mean, I was just so the original forced... Gone in sixty seconds is. Hello. Yes. Go ahead. Oh no! Yeah, oh. yeah, no. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. We couldn't tell if you were stopping. Okay. Uh, so the cause... original. Whoa, Mike! What's going no. on? You're, you're kind of cutting it. I was it letting out. Josh talk. Uh, okay. <laughs> Am I? Are we? What's happening? Yeah, no. Robbie no. Redcheeks forced me to watch the fucking Nick Cage, uh, Char- or, or Angelina Jolie one. He's like, "How do you like Fast and Furious if you haven't seen Gone in sixty seconds?" And I was gonna go, go with the well, actually, that's a remake. But then I didn't because I didn't want to. And I know Robbie doesn't listen to this show, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair enough. Um, so the original was made by Stuntver. Um, wrecked the film and just seems like a over like all out insane person. Um, the whole movie is, is you know the first part it's just like I editor made this into a movie, but it just looks like a bunch of people like maybe high on cocaine, just like shooting <laughs> footage and then, like a lot of it is vo. But to the editor's credit, like it made a whole lot of sense and it's actually really well done. Um, and it culminates in a 45 minute car chase, which most of it looks like they're just driving around the street of LA, uh, and stealing this footage. And it is incredible. Like the, the, the car chase just builds and builds and builds. They, they obviously are getting like cops to participate in this. I mean, everyone in LA is chasing him. Uh, he's like doing donuts at a racetrack and, and cars are crashing left and right. And then the end is this, he does this jump where apparently he, he sort of like launches off of this like wrecked car and, and the car comes down and, and in real life he compacted his spine uh, to get this footage, but it's all incredible. And the car chase is just like, so good. Like once it starts, you're in. And, and it's so exciting and so, like, thrilling. And um, apparently he died making the sequel uh, when, when he was trying a stunt and a water tower fell on him. <laughs> Jesus. So the sequel never got made. But, but just, like, seems like an insane person who, who's, like, willing to do anything to, to get footage on the screen. Uh, and, and an incredible driver respect uh, <laughs> that's pretty much i have weirdly i'm talking about a lot of car movies but um, <laughs> no you, you know, watch that and then i, I watched uh, the first I, i'm not even like a car guy but I, I, i'll watch a car chase movie and i watched um duel the first uh steven spielberg yeah, tv yeah, yeah, movie yeah, yeah, that's great uh which is also excellent um but th- that's just just what i've been been watching okay recently. okay dig it man <laughs> um but but watch um watch gone the original gone in sixty seconds if you get a chance. Hundred percent. I mean, Melani and I haven't managed to crack those uh car chase movies yet because we've been doing the nineties uh, horror and because oh, sure. um, like Criterion oh, has a nineties yeah. horror segment right now and they had another horror one. Oh, that had like the craft and shit in there. So, or which I guess is the same one. But like, yeah, we've been watching those for the spooky season, as it were. You know, but we'll get to it. Oh, we'll the craft is so good. Still, mm-hmm, still mm-hmm. slaps. Turns out, who knew? All right, my turn. Uh, it's been so long since we recorded. I don't remember all the stuff that like we could have talked about. I guess I went to like some shows and stuff, but I don't even remember now. And uh, they're sort of blanked out by. There were a number of shows I had to miss uh, because October got really hectic. So, uh, 
I do have to say a big shout out to our friend Jesse from uh, Diabolic DVD because when he couldn't show up for Cinema Wasteland, uh, the horror expo in Ohio, he got us into his spot. Now, that does help him because he doesn't lose his spot because we took his spot. But it certainly helped us because while Cinema Wasteland is maybe not as big as something like Monster Mania, uh, it has a much more hardcore nerd at it, and people spend a ton more money. So we made way more money at Cinema Wasteland than we have ever made at a event before. So that was nice. pretty sick. And I got to meet some cool people. Uh, I met this really nice couple, Ellen James. They come across like the most punk people ever, which, I mean, sure, they are. Like, I'm not saying they're not, but uh, they both work in like film, you know? Uh, and. Uh, James is an electrician who does stuff for movies and Elle does special uh, effects stuff. And they had another friend with them named Mark who I didn't get to hang out with as much, but he did join us for dinner uh, at one point. And he also works with Elle. They both work on stranger things, which is like a very corporate job for very much people who look like they just got off a train to come to the horror (laughs) event. You know what I mean? (laughs) And so that made me happy that they were like, uh, had these like very serious jobs, but were very much like uh, didn't give off that vibe, you know. Uh, but also, it was just nice to meet some like friendly people there. And uh, I talked up Cinepunks a bunch, but it's been so long since then. I don't know if anyone checked us out. Was like, where's the new episodes? <laughs> but if you are here and you are here again, hey, thanks for checking us out. I appreciate that. Um, as far as movie stuff, I, you know, I haven't really had time to see any newer movies, but. Uh, in, in celebration of spooky season, uh, well, I had kind of gotten Susan to say she was going to watch four spooky movies with me because every spooky season we're supposed to watch spooky movies and then we, we tend not to do that, right? Uh, but so far we've only gotten one down, which doesn't look good because I'm about to go on a trip and then come back right before Halloween. So I don't know that we're going to get all four of these spooky movies in. I don't think that's realistic. But uh, we did watch Jennifer's Body, which... I thought I had seen before, but I had not. Really? And I love that movie. It's very good. We both very much enjoyed it. I think I probably was a little more stoked than her, but we both really liked it. So that was cool. It's a Diablo Cody movie, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It sure is. And I I thought it was really, really good. And then I uh, have watched a, a bunch of horror stuff just for like on my own for spooky season stuff and a few things for podcasts. So definitely check out. Uh, cinema smorgasbord and horror business for some stuff or whatever but the other thing i did was uh just a couple days ago i was at the music box of horrors uh i for that didn't watch any movies because so many people were like hitting us up to buy shirts and a couple people said they listened to cinepunks who were there so that's fun i appreciate that i like that people uh, are checking us out and of course uh hung out with uh uh my friend tony who listens to the show and then uh my friend Brian does not listen to the show, but shout out to Twitch of the Death Nerve, which he does listen to. So whatever, Brian, fuck you. And uh, <laughs> and well, I, then again, maybe he'll check it out because we hug out, and then I'll I'm saying fuck you. It doesn't matter. I don't care. He's fine. He's a funny dude. Uh, uh, and but otherwise, that's about it. I'm I'm about to head back to the Philadelphia area, but it's really just to help out my mom. So I don't know if I'll see people, but I'm 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 hopeful that I will be free enough to go to at least one of these uh, massive shows shows this weekend. Mm, I don't know that I will. And even if I do, I don't know that I'll get in. But assuming I can go and assuming I can get in, 
I am very excited for that. But we'll see. It's, you know, I'm definitely there to help my mom. So I can't be like, all right, Bob, peace out. I'm going to a show. Like that. It's won't unbroken. Really you understand, mom. You, you, you know, you, I get, get it. you get it. 80 some year or 70 some year old oh, mom. Unbroken's you know. playing this Yeah. Uh huh. No with way. Damnation. I'll be doing merch for Damnation the Friday night. So oh my God. if you're in the house, holla at your boy. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. going to be a time. Oh, I can't get down. Unbroken is one of my favorite hardcore bands. Oh, and I've yes. never seen them. I've never no, seen them me once. Neither. So. Me neither. I'm going to lose like ne- my goddamn mind. They barely ever came out east. I will I'm, say, yep, this I'm is fully insured. It. We're going for oh, it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say this was worth it for me just to get Josh to finally listen to Blacklisted. So that that yeah. was accomplished and that made me feel good. Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever listened to, to Blacklisted. Sorry, Robbie. Yeah, I get it, man. It's Check a thing. it out. They're good. Dude, it's a good time. Just saying. Okay. Okay. That's, right, that's if that's it for me i'm good that's that's okay. all that's all i got for now uh hopefully more cool stuff will happen soon <laughs> did either of you guys do any of the uh, exorcist 50 year anniversary screenings no no because this year is the 50th anniversary of the original and my god milani and i saw it in 4k like we didn't get to see it in film or anything but my goodness oh nice still fucking brutal man it's still one of the most perfect movies ever made in my opinion i uh I, I I love The Exorcist, but it was never one of my favorites. I was always more Whoa. of an Omen kind of. I was oh, love the yeah. Omen. Gregory I do love the I do love the yeah. Omen. All right, well, let's take a quick yeah. break. We're gonna come sure. back. We're gonna dive into this Ghost Adventures thing. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna learn about it. We're gonna express <laughs> our emotions and our experiences, and it's gonna be great. I'm so excited. You have no idea. <laughs> Amazing. All we'll right, right after the break.
we're back, and we're talking to the sound master, Michael Gugino, of the show hey. Ghost Adventures. Oh, man. You know, you know on the show, uh, Zach calls me Googs. Because <laughs> of my last name. So, uh-huh. like, well, I, I, it got to the point where we did a live special. And it was actually talent on the live special. And on the, the sheet where it has, like, uh, if you've ever been a part of a production, you get a sheet with everybody... Uh, all of the talents, pictures, and their name below. And it said Mike Googs Gugino on it. And so I had all these people I didn't know calling me Googs, and it was very weird. That's like, Do we have to my... fight someone, Mike? This seems like, see, <laughs> I'm going to put it out there, man. Um, and I know that the, you're gainful employers, so I will try not to be disparaging. But yes. I did mention to you that it, I am of the opinion yes. that all of the ghost adventurers. Mm-hmm. Dress like adult Pennywise fans. <laughs> there, okay, there is like That's a fair. there is like an all black uniform, and I think people maybe forget yes. because so much of it is in night vision, and I never knew before that black shows up in green. Night vision would have different like shades. So like, yeah, if you're watching the night vision, you're like, oh yeah, they at least have different shades of things on. But then they show up, and everything is they have this like all black, and it's like this weird. Yeah, I wear all black too on the show. We all—it's like the uniform for everybody why? on set. Why? Why is that a thing? Uh, I—I just—I feel like well, I know night vision. If you wear white, it's like blinding on the night sure. vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, though I think it's just like a—I don't know, like a paranormal thing. Mm-hmm. A lot of paranormal mm-hmm. investigators like to wear all black. I guess so. You blend in with the night or mm-hmm. something. Uh, uh, also, but, but you normally like you wear all black uh, on set usually too. Like I, I know okay. people, a lot of people who do like live events, they, they'll wear all black. Or if you're doing like a movie, a lot of people will wear all black just so you're not noticed. You just sort of like fade into the background. But, um, as far as the cast, I think it's also maybe like a, there's like a hint of goth there. Maybe Whoa. their stuff is um, very, it, it looks like cyber goth, you know, like they all look like. Yeah. Very much like you know, but also like tactical. It's like tactical mm-hmm. cyber goth. Like I will maybe, say, yeah. the last thing I want to mention on the wardrobe topic, Mike. Yes. I thought in the last episode I saw a, a moment where Mister Zach removes a fedora to reveal uh, a baseball hat below that he's already wearing. What wizardry is this, sir? I don't know. He, he has this like sort of like floppy sun hat like uh that he wears oh yeah i guess that's he just what that, had was. that was a, that was a sun hat that wasn't a fedora yeah. so so basically he is like the executive producer the director he he, he kind of like wears many hats if you will um <laughs> so so like he he you know we'll we'll be making sure a lot of times that he you know if he has like a bottle of water or a piece of paper in his pocket we're always like you know take that out we're, we're shooting now um, and I'm, th- I'm guessing he was in the car with the, I, I know the scene you're talking about. Cause I'm guessing he was in the car with the GoPros and just had his other hat on Dog. and, and didn't realize it. Um, cause you so know, he's good. like concentrating on like making the whole show. He, he really is, does like, uh, like when he is on set, he is like the maestro. He directs all of it. Wow. Incredible. Yeah. So you said you had an interesting story about how you got this gig. Yeah. Um, so, um, I actually just come off a run of doing a lot of Amish reality. I worked, 
um, on all those shows, Breaking Amish, uh, Amish Mafia, uh, Return to Amish, Amish Haunting, which is I guess this was my a thing. First. Is the mm-hmm. Amish scene like that? Like a ton of reality shows? It was uh, at one point in the early like 20 teens. Uh, and I did multiple seasons. It was actually some of my first uh, sound supervising gigs were on those shows. Um, so uh, I had done seasons of those shows and I kind of got burnt out on those shows. The production company was was not great. So um, uh, they had a tendency to just to burn out crew. And um, so I had left and I was just doing gigs here and there. And um, I got a call. Uh, from the production manager, Dan, at the time, asking me if I wanted to come and do an episode of Ghost Adventures. And I immediately got very excited. I was like, oh, my God, a ghost hunting show. I've always wanted to work on one of those. And um, so, like, I get to set and the um, showrunner was there and he's telling me that the last, like, basically Jay, who's a cast member now, was the old sound mixer. And um, <clears throat> when he moved up, they went through like a million sound mixers who were all horrible. And, and apparently they had just had it. <clears throat> they had just had it. So um, the guy before me, apparently they, they flew out to Seattle and he missed his flight. So when they called him and said, hey, we got to get you on another flight. And he said, no, I don't think you get it. I miss my flight. And they went, What? And they just, he just never showed up, never came back to the show. So basically when I got on a plane and flew to the location, which was in, um, it was Las Vegas, uh, New Mexico, um, where they shot uh, no country for old men. Um, I showed up and I was already like, uh, uh, you know, a point in the plus column, um, for showing up. I do sound like I set up the whole, yeah, I set up the whole sound kit. I go, um, I do the first segment, which is maybe like 20 minutes long. We're like walking around this abandoned train station in this like old sort of like Western town. Uh, and I come out of the, come out and we're grabbing like snacks and like a drink of water. And Zach goes, do we like Mike? I like Mike. We like Mike, right? And he raises his hand and everybody raises their hand. And he says, great, we like Mike. And, uh, and then I didn't really know what happened, but basically <laughs> the production manager leans over to me and says, well, you want to do the next one? And that was, you know, in 2015. And, I've, and, you know, the rest is sort of history there. Never looked back. That was actually a very cool shoot, too. Because um, we were in Los... We stayed in the hotel where... Um, is it Woody Harrelson gets shot in No Country for Old Men? Ah, um, which is very, uh, um, is that what it is? He's like running up the steps and, and Javier Bardem kills him. It's that hotel. It's this beautiful old hotel that also, uh, was supposedly haunted. Nice. But, uh, yeah, everything's haunted. (laughs) Yeah, apparently. (laughs) Talk to us about that. Like, 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 you had mentioned that you were known (laughs) as like a skeptic on crew, right? Like that's your kind of like niche. Correct. Yeah. Is that what you told me? So what's it like when you get yeah. the brief for like, hey, you're going to go to an asylum that's abandoned. You're going to Penhurst. Like, what is it? What, what goes through your mind when that comes through the communique? 
But what's weird is like, I don't get rattled very easily. And I think that they like that because I can be in very, you know, dark, abandoned, scary spaces. And, and I get really interested in it. Like I'm really trying to like hear whether there's noises that don't fit or whether there's, um, you know, whether I see something, cause they're, they're always very anxious to like use the entire crew there to, uh, you know, the eyes and ears of everybody to like, see what's going on. Um, which is like very, Zach is very cool about that. So like, if you have an experience or something happens, you know, you'll get a camera in your face, like immediately. Wow. Oh, um, shit. but I don't, yeah, I don't really, I, I, I can really count on my hand the times I've been like genuinely terrified. Um, which was actually, there was one time we were in um, a, uh, it was a salon in Vicksburg. And if you know anything about Vicksburg, Mississippi, it was like there was a siege during the Civil War there where most of the town had to hide in these caves and tunnels underground while the Union Army just bombarded the town. So we were going down there to look for ghosts. And it's just huge and cavernous and dank and dark um and, and we're underneath this salon and, and we're with um i guess it was like a medium but she just kept screaming and saying that she saw a, a demon crawling on the walls and she was describing it as like this like spider looking person with like a like a person's head on it and and that just like creeped me out <laughs> down there and i remember i had to go down there later that night after they did their investigation and you know clean up all the cable and stuff because i used to stay for the investigations uh and like help them set up gear and uh i remember being down there going down there alone um and rolling up (laughs) one cable and then running back upstairs and grabbing the production manager (laughs) being like yeah you gotta help me down there (laughs) so it does it gets creepy sometimes that's so good dude so good josh had you had you seen this um, show before at all before watching this uh thing that we watched uh yes i have i don't know if i knew that mike was working on it at the time but melani and i enjoy reality television from time to time just a smudge here and there and um <laughs> yeah ghost hunters was or ghost adventures was de- oh yeah ghost hunters was the other one right isn't that the one with the rotor rooter deeds that are yes. like yeah, so it's like that, and then yes. Ghost Adventures was the next one that we found after that. And it was just like a lot more bombarding. <laughs> it was a lot more in your face. You know what I mean? Like replaying like yeah. the sound stuff and like just like, you know, having like the words on the screen to read while the EVP is saying things. Like it's all very compelling television, as as you know. Oh, yeah. You know. And um, yeah, no. And then this popped up on our thing, and I was like, oh, no shit. I think I know someone that works on that, John. And lo and behold, here we are. But uh, yeah, yeah, this Angel Island or Devil Island. You're lucky because I did work something. on that episode. Look at that kismet, Mike. That's I what kept that's rolling called. my eyes every time because uh, you know it's kismet. Yeah, I I um <laughs> I kept rolling my eyes every time in the because I'm sitting there for all the interviews and literally everybody goes, it's 
called Angel Island, but it really should be called Devil Island. (laughs) (laughs) It was like such a TV thing. And I kept rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh, my God, that's right. We are making TV after all here. (laughs) So good, though. uh, That island was scary. Okay, is there is there a script for the show or is everything improvised? You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't tell if there was any sort of like you say this or whatever, or if everyone's just kind of riffing off the top of their heads. No, no, it's it's mostly improvised. So, like, basically what happens is a researcher will research the uh, whatever the location is uh, and then give the cast and Zach notes on everything. So what they'll sure. do is they'll, 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 you know, they'll find all the interviews and give you a quick synopsis about each interview. And then they'll, uh, basically, Zach shows up on set and reads it for the first time there. Um, they all really like to have this sort of like not knowing anything about what what is there yeah. so they can be really fresh going in um, because, you know, they like all their feelings to be about it for the first time and, and sort of not to be polluted by, uh, you know, the stories about the place or anything like that. Mm. Wow. I found it really <laughs> funny how as they were going through the thing on Devil Island or Angel mm-hmm. Island, one of the places they just kept calling it the murder house. And, yes. But not to each other. I get that. I would, That's what I would do. If me and Josh are there, I'm calling it the murder house. But then when they're talking <laughs> to the spirits, they're like, we'll meet you at the murder house. And I'm like, how the fuck is that ghost going to know what you mean by murder? You know, when they lived here, they didn't call it the murder. Hey, uh, yeah, me? Oh, yeah, I'm living on the Angel Island over on in the murder house. I mean, there hasn't been a murder yet, but that is what we call it. I, I don't know why. It is kind of funny because our shorthand on set does end up in the episodes sometimes like that. Um, <laughs> but I guess they just assume that the ghosts know they know what, what they're they mean. Talking. They but know it's just they funny mean. to hear them say it, you know. Um, and that episode, Billy was getting really affected by that uh, uh, the girl who was murdered, which is such a crazy story. Um, <laughs> we were. <laughs> We were the actually the the first building. What was it? We went to this like old Civil War hospital, and that was the one building that really creeped me out. Sure, um, that's the one with all they, the windows and shit in there, right? Yeah, yeah. they had to. They, all the windows were boarded out, and they had to like pry the door open uh, for us to go in, and it was just like filthy in there. Um, and we're I was genuinely running around with them, so I have like a giant sound kit strapped to my belly where I have. Um, about six people, five or six people mic'd up and, and I'm following them around as they're doing their investigation and interviewing these different people. Um, and it's pretty exhausting <laughs> actually. Now when you're, when you're Not doing job, when you're doing the audio, mm-hmm. can you click cause in the show there, you know, sometimes they'd say, Oh, I can clearly hear a voice saying this. And I hear, mm-hmm. I hear it. I hear a little bit of what they're referring to. And then sometimes they said, and a voice clearly says this. And I'm like, I don't hear. No, I, I hear a sound, but I don't hear the word that they're saying. Are you always kind of on board with what they're describing? Or are you kind of like, okay, sure, I guess. But you know what I mean? Like how, how much are you understanding always when they're describing the phenomena that they are encountering, what they even mean in the moment? Like, is it always clear to you? Or are you sometimes kind of confused what they're talking about? Do you mean the EVPs, like when they record on their yeah. digital recorders? But even as they're walking around, they're like, I clearly heard a female voice say, go yeah, here I mean, or whatever, you know? 
sometimes I do hear what they're talking about, or sometimes I'll hear things that they can't hear, uh, and I'll tell them about it. But also, um, sometimes they'll be like, did you hear that? And I'll just straight up be like, I I don't know what that was, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you talk to me about the puck? That's the other part I was very confused. Oh, so the the paranormal, (laughs) the paranormal puck is this thing, um, uh, so so we so I, I guess I should go back. We had a, a guy named Bill Chapel who was this incredible electrical engineer who used to build all the ghost gear and used to invent ghost gear. Um, and he had been on the show many times. And now we also have a a, a guy who who is an electrician. He's basically an electrical engineer, but he's an electrician and he also builds ghost gear. So um, the idea behind the paranormal puck is that um, it measures different changes in the environment like temperature barometric pressure uh i can't you know sound all these sort of things that surround it and then it will so yeah wait the paranormal puck is the one it goes to the ipad right yeah i think that's right yeah because we also have something called the ovulus which is similar but it's all contained in like a little box and it does a similar thing so the idea is that the ghost or the spirit manipulates the environment uh, and is able to produce actual words that appear on the iPad or, or you know, the ovulus is the other thing that's similar to that's that. That's like the little black box thing, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, I, the, um, um, the, I, the, the ovulus is pretty cool. I remember one time we were in Las Cruces and we were in this restaurant that was like, um, you know, there since, I don't know, the... 1700s or something uh where a uh, a woman was murdered because she was like caught cheating on her husband there and the husband like killed both of them in this room and uh we were cleaning up after the investigation and i was like had the ovulus out and i was just talking to it and uh for a while it was just saying nonsense words to me and at some point i said uh uh hey who's in this room and it said mike and, and I was just like, what? Uh, I was like, no, 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 no. Uh, who's in this room? And I said, Mike again. And then I was like, all right. And then it went back to saying nonsense, but it gave me like weirdly two intelligent answers. So, um, man, I can't really speak to like, I, I like, I don't know how real that is or like what that, yeah. what is causing that, but it is like something that did creep me out at the time. Jesus. I mean, cause I, I it feels to it feels to me mike like there's two separate questions here right yes there's the question of are they experiencing these things at any level and then the second question is then how much are the how compelled are you by the conclusions they draw so like i am actually kind of okay with some of the things just being like yeah okay i could see that you know it's when they're like uh, we did a ceremony. Now maybe we opened a portal to the. And I'm like, okay, we're making a lot of jumps here, guys. I don't know yeah. if you if you want to tell me you're in a spooky place and you heard a spooky sound. I'm right mm-hmm. there. I'm I'm actually on board. Even even with the way that they talk, is in a way that automatically thinks I can't trust anything these folks are saying. Like just the way that they describe this stuff, I'm already a little bit skeptical. But so when they're like, in the space, I find that compelling. It's when they right. create a narrative that I get kind of like, wait, what's happening? So no, I mean, I actually have the same the reason I am skeptical is cuz I have the same hang-ups. So, 
like, and I, I even said this, you know, talking to them as well, where, where I say like, yeah, I saw the phenomena or I experienced the phenomena. I just don't know if it's the, you know, whatever the cowboy who shot himself in the room who is doing it. Right. Um, yes. But I mean, it's like they are, um, I, I can say that they a hundred percent believe what they're saying. Like they're not sure. Like yeah. t- they're not they're making not it, up. it on. They're not. Like, yeah. I it, love it's that, not that's, a, be- that's so much better. I love that makes me so happy. Yeah. So it's like for me, it's like I've had discussions with them. Like, you know, uh, like I remember talking to Aaron and Aaron one time t- asking me if I was like afraid of getting attachments or like a demon messing with me or something like that. And I'm just like, no, I'm like not scared of that at all. And he, go, and he said something like, that's why it doesn't happen to you. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. And, and then he would tell me stories about like spirits following him home and like messing with him in his house and, and all these things. And I'm just like, I don't know what that's like. And, 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 you know, they sort of describe it as like, they're sensitive to this phenomena. And, and I guess either I'm too skeptical or I'm just not sensitive to it. So but but as far as like I've worked with them for you know eight years now and and it's like I feel like I would have seen if it was an act at this point and it's oh, not sure. they're yeah. they're all in they're they are you know uh, a Jay Wasley who's actually he's actually from South Jersey he's from like near Deptford ah, um, okay sure he's awesome like a real good friend of mine at this point um and, and we have we always have like would have like intense, you know, stoned <laughs> conversations <laughs> about this stuff. Cause I would, I would really press him on some of it. And it's like, he, you know, he is all in, he believes it. And, and he always tells me he tries to be as skeptical as he can, but he is like also experiencing things that are like very intense to him. So for him, he can't, you know, it's harder for him to be like, I am skeptical, you know? Mm. So it's like, I, so it's made me very like, uh, I think like my my inclination before this was to make fun of it more of like these people are just crazy or whatever. But having met so many people who have experienced different sorts of weird things from like aliens to Bigfoot, just like things that I, I never would have, you know, I would have thought people were crazy or making it up or just in it for money. Um, I've met so many people that that. I don't get that impression from mm-hmm. that. I give them a lot more leeway now. You know what I mean? I still mm-hmm. re- try to remain skeptical and I can only really talk about what I experience, but I still remain like, you know, skeptical, but I, I don't immediately want to go after them or th- call them frauds or phonies. And, you know, I've, I've certainly met people that I think are, sure. but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but what has been eye opening to me is meeting people that, are normal who talk about stuff yeah like um what's the guy's name uh the movie fire in the sky is about oh uh, um, yeah travis um walton yeah justin my co-host on harvest has uh has met him a few times so yeah so i actually i i got to i also got to meet him we did an episode where that was like very much about aliens in arizona and we went up to the spot where he was abducted and, and interviewed him um and actually, I ended up talking to him for a while about 70s rock. He's really into like 70s hard rock. Uh, but he's a super nice guy. And he has not really gotten wealthy off of this story. He's received like a little bit of money here and there when people want to like interview him or like the movie like gave him a little bit of money from his rights. But the movie wasn't like a huge hit or anything. 
Um, but the guy's just very unassuming and he's just like absolutely convinced that this thing happened to him. And I, I'm not going to say I know what happened to him, but I certainly believe that he, he believes something happened to him, you know? Yeah. And, and like, I, I meet a lot of people like that and I'm like, and, and it is like, has really made me like more open to weird stuff, you know, or I mean, sensitive. Let's let's yeah, sensitive. Let's, <laughs> let's be clear here, Mike. We're we're be, talking about being skeptical of ghosts mm-hmm. and spirits. We're not skeptical of aliens. We're not assholes over here. You know, come on. <laughs> well, aliens, I'm like way that's more real. Sc- that shit's real. Come on, we can't. You can't fucking deny that aliens are real. That's a thing. Yeah, you know, Blink One Eighty Two. Gotcha. True. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's right. I I you know I I I uh, I I agree with you when it comes to him because it's when people are are convinced that it's a scam. It's like. If it's a scam, it's a pretty unsuccessful one. Like, what exactly is he getting yeah. out of this? Other than the trauma of having to tell people again and again what happened to him that really makes him feel bad. It's not like he loves yeah. talking about their shit, you know? So, I don't know. I, I definitely think when it comes to any of these things, it's very possible that something happened to whatever. It's I think that's the part that you you said that makes me feel good is that you feel like they're sincere because yes. what would bum me out is if they were going through all this and it was all an act. Because then I'd be like, hey, guys, like if you're going to pretend, you could be way more compelling than this because the show <laughs> gives me the vibe of these guys can't be faking, right? Cause they would have come up with something else. Like, I feel like they're yeah. very much like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, I feel weird. Oh, this is strange. You know, like if it, it doesn't feel like, Hey man, we rehearsed this before we got here. Like you're supposed to say this, you know, it never comes across that way. It always comes across like they're actually doing what they're doing. And, you know, I'm sure people could argue it's exaggerated or whatever. Like I, I'm very open to the idea that we can convince ourselves of things, but you can't, at least hearing you say that they're being real, then I feel like there's a good chance that what they're experiencing might also be real. Even if I'm not always convinced by like, it's the spirit of chaos or whatever it was. Oh, it's the spirit of Babylon on that episode. I'm like, I don't know about that guy. Honestly, but but it seems like you're pretty Jay though. (laughs) Jay is like, he is just one of those guys who, um, And and it's funny because like I'll talk about this stuff because, you know, I'm a huge like Led Zeppelin fan. So like talking about Aleister Crowley is really fun to me. But he like actually goes and researches this stuff and will like buy these old books with like spells and incantations with it. I just think it's like so cool. I love that. Um, It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Mike, talk to us about the falling can in this episode. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, was the falling can in the investigation, though? It was like in the basement or some shit, like while they were young. Yeah, they were upstairs. Yeah. So I actually do not do the investigations anymore. So I wasn't actually there for that. So I can't actually speak to it. But can you speak to anything like that where things just move and you catch it on camera? Yeah, actually. Well, yeah, actually, I was um, there was an episode where I did sit at Nerve Center because I needed somebody else. They were doing like a Ouija board ceremony. and. I was actually at the nerve center controlling the cameras and I did catch a board falling on its own. We were in this old, like we were in Oklahoma and there was a building that used to, a cult used to live in, in the eighties. And, um, I guess they murdered somebody. I can't quite remember the details of it, but there's this guy who has a Ouija board named Darren. He's like a biker dude. 
and he'll be on the show sometimes. And he has a demon who is his friend named Zoso, like uh, Jimmy Page. So he will bring a Ouija board out and do Ouija board sessions with the guys and they will like communicate with the spirits and this demon Zoso. Um, and I remember during that investigation, it was like right after they did their Ouija board session, I was like panning the camera and I caught the, the board falling off the wall uh, all by itself. It was pretty cool. Fucking ghosts, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's this incredible. is like every any episode I can tell you about is like the wildest story like you've ever heard. Yeah, it's incredible that you were there for this stuff. Oh, it's, yeah, it blows my mind, actually, <laughs> if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Yeah, it's fucking crazy pants, dog. Um, the, the, the island was really scary because um, you'd go there at night. It's huge. It, it's really cold because it's in the middle of the San Francisco Bay. And the fog would roll in. Uh, what was the what's the name of the fog in San Francisco? It has a name. Um, it's like Harold or something. Oh, no, it's right. not. It's not Melter Day. It's like uh, I can't remember it. But the <laughs> fog would roll in, and uh, you couldn't see anything. And we'd be walking around this island, and we're trying to shoot. And then it would lift for like a second, and then we'd like shoot our little scene, and then we'd like roll back in. So it was very eerie. Um, and then the stories everybody was telling, like they actually, the, um, they wouldn't let us really do a, a, a more stories about the immigration, which was, was really, really, really like, That's there was like way more stories about immigration and they were actually like dissuaded us from like, like we weren't even allowed into the immigration center, which was like this huge white building right on the water. And it was like surrounded by barbed wire. So there was even places that we couldn't go. Jesus. Um, and, and, you know, people were telling us stories about that building and, 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 you know, we just, we couldn't show any of it. They were just like you, cause like to get permission to go out there and shoot, especially like a ghost show, uh, is very difficult. Um, just getting all the permits cause it's, it's a, either a state park or I don't think it's a national park, but, um, we just had to go through all these, this, this red tape just to get on the Island to be able to shoot anything. So, um, there was like huge swaths of the island just off limits to us. Wow. Is there a lot of like that sort of negotiation that has to happen because, you know, you're investigating something and maybe people don't want to show being like, this place is so haunted and scary. Like, or, or maybe it's, maybe they don't mind the haunted part, but they don't want to talk about the creepy history that might lead to those kinds of stories. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, because it was like, um, basically the Ellis Island of the West coast and the, the immigrants who came through there um, were treated absolutely abysmally. Right. Um, and I, I think that they probably just didn't want us spending an hour talking about how horrible that was. Mm. Um, yeah. And, and it's also like, it has a lot to do with too. It's like we, at the end of the day, we're dealing with dead people and and there's a certain amount of respect and reverence that we do have to have when we're when we're dealing with that that subject matter. So yeah, that any, makes sense. Yeah. So anytime somebody tells us like we can't do something, like uh, like uh, there was a shoot that did get shut down by the Catholic Church, um, which was out in Carmel, California. It's like this sort of like fancy little suburb uh, near Monterey. And we're doing one of the oldest missions on the West Coast. Um, 
And at the time, the we were investigating for the ghost of this priest, Father Hunaposera, and the Catholic Church wanted to beatify him and make him a saint because he was, um, at the time they were trying to like make this point that you know the the British. Uh, weren't just the only people in the Americas that like the Spanish were there and so on. So they wanted to beatify this priest to, to show about the basically a, I guess a positive light on the Spanish presence in the, in the Americas. So <clears throat> when we got there, we're immediately starting to tell stories about how he would like capture native children and like beat them until they would become Christian. And Jesus. um so a paper, one of the local papers printed a story that we were there, and I guess they got a quote from from Zach or somebody who talked to them, that that's what we were talking about. And the church pretty much came in immediately while we were about to shoot the investigation. And they gave him an ultimatum that were like, we, either we get the final cut, like uh, final say over the final cut, or you can't shoot here. And, and immediately Zach was like, no, that's not a you know, deal breaker. <laughs> like, you'll make the show suck amazing but um church but actually that episode (laughs) i wish that episode aired because that was probably one of the most incredible pieces of evidence i've ever seen really which was we were in this attic and we're walking along and there's like it's dark in the attic and the there's a doorway open at the end and this giant bell is silhouetted by the door uh, and hanging from the from this like thick heavy rope is hanging from it and we're walking towards the door and we're all filming towards the bell and we watch the rope of the bell just be pulled and ring the bell very loudly. And we all just froze. It was the coolest thing I've ever seen. And we had the footage and we rolled it back, but like that footage will never see the light of day because like we couldn't like that episode can't air now. We never finished it. Crazy. That is amazing. I love that actually, but I mean, I hate that it, it's people aren't gonna get to see it. But I love that you had an experience where you're just like, well, that's a thing. That's creepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course they were immediately like, oh, that's Father Hunaposera trying to tell us that you know. And I was just like, oh, we saw a bell ring by itself. <laughs> <laughs> still Jesus. cool. Still cool. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. You don't. Need, you know, whatever. But still, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Uh, uh, I I do need to wrap up soon. Uh, oh, sure. J- Josh, did you have any other questions? I that one of the things that's hard, Mike, is that yeah. I just want to ask so many questions, and I'm so I'm trying to ask questions that I think will be interesting to other people because at some point right. I could just be like, okay, tell me about this, <laughs> or you know, like what's yeah. at, do you? Okay, I am going to ask this. You're doing reality TV, right? Yeah. And so a lot of this is like you're just filming straight and then editing it together later. Do you ever have a situation where you have a really good like example of something like, oh, this is really cool. We should use this. But you can't for some like, oh, someone's in the shot or, you know, uh, dude, you know, Zach farted or just something <laughs> where it's like this would be so good for the show. But there's this one detail that they're never going to use it or the sound just wasn't working. You know what I mean? Like I'm always curious about that. Like how much of reality TV is just like hoping you got enough stuff to make the show a full show, you know? Um, this, I would say that this show though, it's probably classified as reality TV is more 
it's more like the documentaries that I've worked on right. rather than yeah, the sure, reality sure. TV I worked on. Most reality TV I worked on is very like producer driven where the producer right. is really pushing things in certain directions. But this is really like Zach's show. Like Zach shows up, the cameras go up and we just roll and you know, the interviews go where they go or the investigation goes where it goes. And he just goes with what's happening. Um, so very much like what you see is what you get in the show. Um, so I've never really actually. like he will use almost anything if it's if if he can get it to if it's like good enough evidence sure. in, in my experience. So I've never really seen anything that's like he doesn't care if crews in the shot. He doesn't care if, you know, somebody experienced something that's just like hanging out watching or something. He he just always will use whatever he can. Sure. Um, which is why, you know, I've ended up in many episodes because of that, because because he'll. You know, even from very early on, he would just look at me and he'd be like, you saw something or you heard something like, what'd you hear? Uh, and then all of a sudden there's a camera in my face. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love that. It's Josh, amazing. what about you, man? Any other any other uh, questions to wrap us up? Um, it, do you ever get into like weird music discussions at work? Like the whole premise <laughs> for Cinepunks is that like punk rockers have a yeah, cinematic like background. Or uh, a lot of people who are heavy with cinema have like a weird like, oh, yeah, I played in this band in the 80s and did the zine. Like, do you ever have like that weird crossover of worlds? Well, like me and Jay show? play music together, actually. Um, we have played music together and Jay has Jay has been in bands, you know, forever. Um, and, and I know Zach uh, like did an album. I can't remember <sighs> what it was, uh, which you should find it. It's like a sort of a techno album and it's all oh, him yes, like speaking yes. over it in, in his like Zach voice being like, you know, the reality evil. He's like what? talking over top of it. Yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, this I'll guy put out a you. record too. Yeah. Yeah. A record, a book. He's got it all. <laughs> Thus confirming my, my cyber goth assumptions about his vibe. Yes. He has a museum. If you guys ever go out to Las Vegas, you should go to his museum. It's it's pretty incredible. It has uh like all these macabre things in it, like Ed Gein's cauldron where he would like boil the skin yeah. off of people and you know, a clock from the yacht where Natalie Wood fell off of and you know, all it's, sorts of yeah. cool things. Dr. Kevorkian's van. It's funny because I had never seen the show before, but the only thing I knew about the show was that he had this museum because I know people who've gone before. But I just mm. knew like, oh, the guy from Ghost Adventures has a creepy museum. If I'm ever in Las Vegas, I should go. I had never gotten a chance to see the show. So this Devil Island episode was my first experience <laughs> with with the Ghost Adventures vibe, which I I do find mm. the subject interesting. I think that the the way I, I i would rather watch a not two hour episode of the show i think i think <laughs> oh, that's yeah. just a little too much of them for me to take in at the time one sitting yeah, yeah honestly yeah. as like a movie fan um i i i find the actual investigating to be a little boring and mm-hmm. I, I hope that's not controversial to say but it's like a lot of sitting around looking for like the absolute minutia of something sure yeah but but i really feel like the real heart and soul of the show is the b-roll crew who shoots all the reenactments um yeah. we have about yeah. four different directors and um a, a wonderful camera woman who's the dp lauren murphy uh who actually worked on the amish shows with me she's like a, a good friend of mine um and what well, actually one of the directors is this guy Patrick Gallo who is in the offer. I don't know if you know that show that was on Paramount 
about The Godfather. Yes, yes He yes, plays yes. Mario Puzo. He's oh. also a director on on Ghost Adventures. That's um, amazing. But he, uh, they all are very cinematic in the way they approach stuff. I remember the first episode we worked on was like this in, uh, abandoned asylum in, in Scotch Plains, Iowa. And we're driving out and he's just talking to me about like what he's going to do with all the stories uh, being like, oh, we're going to do like a one flew over the cuckoo's nest thing. And I'm going to do like this shot from the movie and steal like this shot from the movie and make it like this. And so they like really are all like huge movie fans and they really get into like the nitty gritty. So like all of those reenactment shots, uh, I think they're all absolutely incredible. And, and the whole look of the show is developed by these people um, who just do an amazing job. Like that first half hour with the interviews and the flashbacks to the reenactments. I think it's just like amazing television. Agreed. It's super fun to watch. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I got to give a shout out to those crews because they work so hard and they do like the show doesn't have a huge budget, um, which is weird because we're always like number one, but they're always like, it doesn't have a huge budget. And these people do so much with so little. I love that. Um, like, like the, um, the, the woman who, the white witch, who, the woman who hung herself, all of that footage is, that's Patrick Gallo, uh, the director, and Lauren Murphy, the DP, just coming up with this incredible stuff um, that just looks, looks amazing. Yeah. Did look cool, man. Gotta say. Um, this, so, dude, gotta this give so it cool. to them. Uh <laughs> But, uh, oh, I, I, you know what? I actually, I can, I can sort of tell you one more because uh, I have so many stories, but I do want to tell you like one really good experience that I had uh, early on in the show, which was we were shooting in Deadwood. Have you seen the show Deadwood? Yeah, I know of the show. I've not watched it, but go on. Okay. So Seth Bullock, he's the sheriff of Deadwood and he, he's a real person and he eventually opened up a hotel. So we were investigating this hotel. And we're in the basement and uh, it's maybe like my fourth episode that I've done. The guys are reviewing an EVP across the room and I'm sitting on a stool like in the corner trying to get out of the shot. Uh, and suddenly I feel hands pressing into my thighs because my like the legs were up and I'm wearing headphones and I, and I feel and hear breath in my ear like this. <sighs> what? And I was... Too new on the show to say anything, but it was probably one of the most frightening experiences I've had uh, in my time on the show. That's oh, crazy. Shit, that's, that's amazing. Crazy. That's so great. <laughs> I love it so much. I like. I ho- I like to think maybe that was Seth Bullock saying, like hitting on me. Damn, that's hot. Good work. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. Actually, wait. I'll tell one more story, and then we can. But I was the one of the first times I was ever on the show was we were shooting in a uh, at a hotel, which used to be a uh, hospital in Lava Hot Springs, Idaho. It was a hospital where the soldiers from World War I with chemical burns would come back and sort of soak in the hot springs. So, like, a lot of people had died there. Um, Zach is interviewing somebody in the hall, and I'm down the hall hiding on the steps, and I hear, keep hearing whispering, and uh, I'm starting to get mad because I think it's somebody whispering. And uh, I don't want them to ruin the interview. So finally, Zach hears me complaining and walks back and he's like, what is happening? And I'm like, somebody's whispering. And he goes, no, there's only two of us back there. 
or like there's three of us. There's a cameraman, interview subject, and me. Uh, and I and I say I heard something. So they get the cameras, they're in my face, and we roll back the audio, and we and I crank up the whispering, and it's saying, "Die, Jason! Die, Jason! Die, what? Jason!" And, and you heard it. Yeah, and we it's like clear That's as day. Crazy. It's it's so crazy. And nobody was talking. We like rolled the footage back. We couldn't see anybody talking. And uh, Jason, of course, is you know, Jay was the cameraman, the Jay Wasley. Um, so basically some ghost wanted Jay to die. But we I was like so excited. I was like, that's so cool. He wants you to die. <laughs> it was my first time ever in an episode. It was like um I was kind of like on board at that point. And, and you My should go to Lava Hot Springs, Idaho. It's a really cool town. <laughs> I am so in awe of all of these <laughs> stories. Like, these are amazing tales. Unbelievable. Have you, have you ever brought them to, like, Fort Mifflin? No. Uh, so, like, Zach doesn't really fly anymore. I, I don't know. He, has, he says he has dreams of crashing on a oh, flight no. or something, and yeah. he just doesn't fly anymore. I, I don't know uh, what that's about, but he, but he hasn't flown in years. So so crazy but, but there's a spinoff show called uh house calls so maybe they would come out to oh to yeah 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 there you go oh man you go. mike thank you so much for coming on and telling us about this and like i know it's you know it's it's interesting to talk to people who are coming into this thing like utterly fascinated and you're describing people you know and people you work with and friends and whatever. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it, it's walking a fine line to, um, you know, tell us all about it, but make sure we understand that these are real people and not just characters on a show. And I really <laughs> respect your, you doing that and helping me know something that I really hoped was true. And I'm glad to know it is true that this is not, you know, uh, uh, some sort of pantomime. This is like really where they are at. And that makes me very happy. <laughs> Oh yeah, what you see is literally what you get. It, it's insane, and and as like crazy as Zach can seem on camera, like I've worked on the show for eight years. He's like actually incredibly loyal, uh, and has always done good by me. So like I can say that, you know, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Well, I I want to have you back sometime to talk about movies, but when yeah. you do that. We're definitely going to ask you more questions about Ghost Adventures. It's just what it's going to be, man. Every time you come on, we're going to ask you more Ghost Adventures questions. I'm just putting that out there. But we do, fine. we do hope that you come back on and like we get to breach topics like movies that really do twist your melon and like stuff that yeah. you're into. You know that doesn't have to do with your job. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But also Ghost Adventures. I, but also I, Ghost Adventures. We're never going to let that go. <laughs> well, I mean, I've worked on other cool stuff too. You can talk about that. <laughs> I mean, I want to know how wild all those Amish shows were. That sounds like some crazy shit. Oh man, man. <laughs> um, it's so funny because me and the and the camera woman, uh, or the DP of the show, we we came. That was her first show ever. Was working on the Amish shows. We were like trapped in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, for three months together, and we became like really good Jeez, friends. Wow. That's insane. Yeah, well, it, it's really weird. Uh, well, but I've okay. like worked with like Jim Jarmish and stuff. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love <laughs> like, that. Yeah. I have like well, other pedigree. And you <laughs> worked with Michael Mann the other day. Yeah, that's great. yeah, yeah. I did a shoot with Michael Mann, uh, oh, and then I got so really cool. sick. <laughs> well, obviously, we don't need to promote Ghost Adventures because it's huge. No. But is there anything else you want to direct people's attention towards before we wrap up here? Yes, if you made it this far on the podcast, I would like you to check out Freaky Wilderness, which is uh, my music project. Awesome. Um, it's like psychedelic rock and roll. Uh, I'm also like a 
songwriter and a singer. Uh, and I play in like a fuzzy psychedelic rock and roll band. And I sing about ghosts a lot. We just <laughs> released a single called Spirit Spouse. I draw inspiration from the show all the time. And it's about uh, it's about being married to a ghost because um, they do talk a lot about ghost sex on the show and like being in relationships <laughs> with ghosts, which I just think is amazing. And I, love. I love that. Fascinating. We've never played a show together, have we, Mike? I don't think we ever have. We should. We, we really need should. to fix that. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Just saying. Let's do it. Well, happy Cineween, everyone. Thank you for listening. <laughs> we really appreciate it. Mike, thank you for coming on. Everyone check out uh, Mike's stuff. And I, I am really serious. We need to have you on to talk about movie stuff, too. I just I just wanted you to be prepared that we're <laughs> never going to let Ghost Adventures go. Uh, hey, hey tell, tell a friend about the show. Check out our social media. We're not, I, you know, we're still on whatever it's called now, X or whatever, but I don't give a fuck about that. I started a Blue Sky the other day if you're on Blue Sky, but of course, Cinepunks is also on Facebook and Instagram and whatever else. And we have a Discord. If you want to join the Discord, hit us up. We'll send you a link. It's pretty cool in there. Josh doesn't go on there because he's too old, but uh, lots of people are on there. Uh, the other day, Doug, without any sense of irony, Josh was like, well, any staff people who aren't in the Discord should really be like, let go, because this is where all the stuff happens. And I go, oh, including Josh. And he goes, oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> he just assumed you were in there. He's just like, yeah, well, Josh, he's got to be in there. And I'm like, he, he he's thinking there's just all these delinquents, you know, who aren't showing up in the Discord. And I'm mm. like, yeah, or Josh. And he's like, oh, no, not Josh. We can't. Yeah. <laughs> Josh is great. Hey, I'm man. like, yeah, I know. I'll take the L if that's what it is. I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> Just saying. Well, I mean, come is. on. When are you going to come in there and give us your opinion? We don't want that. Nobody that's needs that. Thing. Nobody needs that. It's true. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else we need to? No, I guess, as a, you know, as usual, yeah. check out the other shows on the network, please. And uh, have a good Cineween. Uh, yeah. We'll talk to you soon. Stay spooky and smoke bomb. You like spooky movies? Hair-raising tales. Insightful criticism. Judgmental hot takes. Then you're going to love Horror Business, the horror podcast on the Cinepunks Podcast Network dedicated to all things weird and spooky. My name is Leo Dong. And I'm Justin Lore. And every episode, we're going to tear apart your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies to get to the bottom of what makes these movies great or maybe not great. <laughs> Whether it's The Beyond, Prince of Darkness, or Inseminoid, we dive in on a double feature every episode, and then we talk about it. Some of our insights are great, and sometimes we just complain. So if we have to suffer through it, so do you. Horror Business, available anywhere you find fine podcast products.